What's up? Welcome back to Retime Fitness. I am Kelsey Wells, <clears throat> excuse me, your host. And here we go. I'm really excited for this episode. This has been perhaps my most requested episode, at least top three. It is going to be all about meditation. And I am actually going to take you through a little mini meditation the last half of this episode. So let's do this. Let's get into it. First and foremost, we cannot really discuss meditation and why you should meditate, which you should, unless we begin by speaking about negativity bias. What the hell is negativity bias? Well, it is when your brain naturally pays more attention to the negative things in life than the positive. This is something that you probably uh, more, more likely than not are doing, whether or not you realize it, just because of the culture and society that we live in and the world that we live in. There's a lot of hard things happening all the time. There are a lot of tragedies happening all the time. The news is full of um, heaviness and there are a lot of stressors in our day-to-day. Many things that we are aware of, human beings did literally not have the capacity to be aware of for most of humanity. It is really only in the age of the internet that we have been subjected to all of the hard and um, horrible things about life on such a grand scale. So that said, if you've arrived in a place where you feel like you are not organically optimistic, that's okay. Neither am I. I think neither are most people once they arrive to adulthood, unfortunately. But as I've spoken about many times on the podcast in relation to positivity and perspective, we can make a shift and we can train our minds to become more positive people, to look for more things to be grateful for. And as we focus more on gratitude, the more things we will find to be grateful for. So meditation, all of that to say, meditation is truly the single most impactful way to practice mindfulness. What is mindfulness? That is bringing yourself back to the present moment, grounding yourself wherever you are right now. Meditation is so cool because there have been so many studies behind it. Okay. There is so much research. I am not here to spend this whole, you know, hour, however long this is going to take 30 minutes, whatever it is speaking about all of the amazing statistics surrounding meditation. However, there are a few top line, top line things that I want to share with you because I want you to understand the benefits that meditation can bring into your life because they are actually mind blowing. Now I, my source for these things, I'm going to speak a lot more on this later, but I actually completed the um, meditation teacher certification course through the Chopra Center, Deepak Chopra's um, company. And I learned so much about meditation and it helped me so much along my own personal meditation journey. And I'm going to tell you all about that in a minute, but I did want to share with you a few of the healing benefits of meditation. And if you're interested in their sources, you can go to their website and they have all of these phenomenal peer-reviewed articles linked out and have such a wealth of um, sources to prove and back up all of these benefits. But I just wanted to give you like top line on some of the most powerful ones. So this is what medita- meditation can do for you. 
benefits for mental and physical health. And I'm going to read this chunk and this list specifically from their, um, their writing. So benefits for mental and physical health from meditation include decreased blood pressure and hypertension, lowered cholesterol, cholesterol levels, reduced production of stress hormones, including cortisol and adrenaline, more efficient oxygen use by the body, increased production of the anti-aging hormone, DHEA, improved immune function, and decreased anxiety, depression, and insomnia. There are so many mind-body benefits to meditating. It's actually wild. I mean, meditation reduces stress and burnout. Meditation improves your brain, including your focus, memory, and ability to learn. Meditation helps you create more harmonious, loving relationships. Meditation improves creativity and problem solving. And meditation decreases depression, anxiety, and insomnia. Now, I want to read to you what they've written specifically about this point, because this is huge. It says the emotional effects of sitting quietly and going within are profound. The deep state of rest produced by meditation triggers the brain to release neurotransmitters, including dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, and endorphins. Each of these naturally occurring brain chemicals has been linked to different aspects of happiness. Dopamine, we know, plays a key role in the brain's ability to experience pleasure, feel rewarded, and maintain focus. Serotonin has a calming effect, eases tension, and helps us feel less stressed and more relaxed. Um, Oxytocin, the same chemical whose levels rise during sexual arousal and breastfeeding, is a pleasure hormone. It creates feelings of calm, contentment, and security while reducing fear and anxiety. And endorphins are most commonly known as the chemicals that create the exhilaration referred to as the runner's high. These neurotransmitters play many roles relating to well-being, including decreasing feelings of pain and reducing the side effects of stress. Meditation choreographs the simultaneous release of these neurotransmitters, something that no single drug can do, and all without side effects. A growing body of medical research is providing scientific evidence that meditation and mindfulness alleviates depression, anxiety, PTSD, and other mood-related disorders. For example, a pivotal study led by scientists at the University of California, San Francisco, found that participants who underwent a short intensive meditation program were less depressed, anxious, and stressed, while also experiencing greater compassion and awareness of others' feelings. Meditation can also benefit people suffering from chronic pain, potentially decreasing or eliminating the need for medications. Um, there's, There's so many again, like statistics and studies that have been done surrounding this, which I think is so phenomenal. All of that to say, it is something that I am so passionate about, not just because of all of this research, but selfishly because of the impact and the shift that it has made in my own life and on my own health journey. I have said here before that meditation has become one of the primary tools in my toolbox to care for myself and my multifaceted health it has even surpassed physical exercise. If I only have time to exercise or meditate, nine out of 10 times, I will prioritize meditation because it has been that profound on my physical health, not just on my mental and emotional and spiritual well-being. So if, if you are not now interested in talking about meditation, beginning or continuing your own meditation journey, hear me out with the rest of this. Okay. The rest of this is all going to be in my own words, kind of share with you, um, how I began and where my journey has gone. So 
basically, I think I began meditating. Um, well, I know that I began meditating about four years ago, like um, committing to a personal practice of meditation. I remember talking to a friend um, and he said, and just telling him like, I can't do it. You know, like I've tried, I hate it. If you are that person who thinks meditation is not for you because you try to sit in silence and you A, have no clue what the hell to do um, or how to do it, or B, you try to be still and almost instantaneously anxiety and panic wells up inside of you, which is literally the opposite of what you're trying to do. I get it because I've been there and I've been that person, but I promise you that you can learn to meditate. And I also promise you that it's actually not as intense as you think. I used to feel like meditation meant And I think it's kind of a massive misunderstanding that meditation means clearing your mind. Meditation is actually the opposite of that. Meditation is completely freeing your mind. Think of your mind as a stage. There are thoughts that are going to flitter across it from all directions. And the goal is to more observe and allow those thoughts to run free instead of trying to problem solve each one as it comes up. So Don't feel stressed when you sit to meditate and your mind just gets filled with a million things from a million different directions. That's okay. That's actually a good sign. That does not mean that you're not successfully meditating, right? Um, Back to the beginning. So I, I committed to this friend that I would sit in silence seven minutes a day. That's all I was, uh, I was about to commit to seven minutes of silence every day. Now, silence as in stillness personally, because as a mom, as just a human being existing with responsibilities, it's very hard to find actual silence in life. (laughs) Um, There are going to be background sounds and noises that you hear. There's going to be, you know, distractions from all around. That's okay. When I say sit in silence, I really just am saying sit in stillness. I committed to putting down my phone and finding a place and sitting by myself or, you know, in the same room as my kid, but not interacting and having seven minutes of stillness for myself by myself. If you can commit to doing that, you are well on your way to forming a habit that will change your life for the better on so many levels. I did these seven minute meditations. Um, there was no specific time I did it. There was no specific reason. It was just a goal that I made for myself that I committed to. And every day it looked a little bit different. Lots of times it was at preschool pickup in the pickup line, or it was, you know, while the pasta was cooking, if I was cooking dinner, whatever it may be. And <clears throat> I, when I finally just allowed my thoughts to run, some days the whole seven minutes felt really painful. And I was kind of agitated throughout the whole thing. And I felt, well, this is pointless. But then some days something else started to happen, a sort of settling, a sort of stillness inside of me. I once heard an analogy. I think it was from a book that I read, but I can't remember which book or else I would quote it. And he said something like, pretend that you are a little boat in the middle of a vast ocean and a storm comes. There is no way in hell that you are finding peace or stillness in that boat. 
but there is always peace and stillness if you go below. If you were to jump off and dive deep into that ocean, there is peace and there is stillness regardless of what's going on on the surface. And that is how I looked at myself. It was like, there are always thoughts and feelings flowing through me, running through my mind. There are always distractions happening in the physical world around me, but there is a wealth of peace and steadiness and stillness that exists deep within me. And meditation is the conduit to connecting back to that and remembering what that feels like. And some days I started to reach that place. Um, I then started to listen to instrumental music. And when there was a song that really moved me, be it piano or cinematic or whatever it might be, I would put it on a, like a short list for meditation. And I started listening to these songs during my still time. And I would focus on, if I closed my eyes, I would focus on like the spot kind of in the middle of my forehead. Um, just kind of like you're looking up into your own eyelids a little bit. And I would just listen to the music and there would still be thoughts that come. Sometimes it would unlock lots of feelings. Sometimes I would end up having many panic attacks, honestly, or crying my eyes out. Some days I knew that those things were coming because they'd been welling up. And other days I thought I was having a good day. And then that would just come up out of nowhere because things were being processed and released. And I was feeling, I was finally creating a safe and a sacred space for myself to allow the feelings that I had been pushing down and ignoring. And man, that changed everything. After that, I began stretching out my time. What I would do is I would start with a song and then I would play it one time and I would just sit. I would sit in the stillness and it's pretty crazy because I wouldn't time myself, but almost like clockwork, it would be around the 20 minute mark when I when I felt ready to open my eyes and kind of come back. Um, so basically I kind of had over a year's time, this journey of learning silent self-guided meditation. I had, you know, looked at different apps and different guided meditations. Um, I found some meditations for healing and some other like pre-recorded meditations that I thought were very beautiful and that I listened to in specific moments or times. But the type of meditation that really filled me and fueled me and anchored me the most back to that connection, that soul connection, that depth of stillness within me was the silent self-guided meditating. Um, I started to research meditation and its many benefits. And that led me to down the path of researching transcendental meditation, um, shorthand, or that's long for TM, which you might've heard about, or, um, there's Deepak Chopra's method, which he kind of rebirthed into the modern world and into Western culture, which is called primordial sound meditation, which is a form of transcendental meditation, I think. So, as I would study these different types, I thought, huh, maybe I need to be doing one of these instead. Like maybe if I learn these, that's going to put me, you know, on this next level, or that's going to help me more. And I think for some people that's definitely true. I think, 
I encourage you to start small, start with those silent seven minutes, those seven minutes of stillness for yourself as uncomfortable as they are, push through that. Um, I think if you want to try primordial sound meditation or transcendental meditation, or these things that you need to be taught and these methods that are a little bit more involved and are very rich in very sacred history. I think there's a place for those. Um, my, my kind of path led me to, I really resonated with some of the books that Deepak Chopra had written. And so I looked up the Chopra center and I decided that I was going to take their course. Um, and after I took their course, I wanted to become a teacher. I felt like meditation was such an incredible tool for health and fitness and wellness and something that I wanted to speak more about publicly as a trainer and as a fitness professional and talk more about the ways and whys that I use it. But I felt like in order to do that, I wanted to have appropriate credentials, right? Like I, before I write a program, I'm going to be certified to write that program, not just as a fitness trainer, but, you know, post-pregnancy, pre and postnatal certifications and all of those things. Like I want to be educated in my profession and make sure that I am speaking as a professional when that's required or when that's helpful. I will say that with this topic, I am not. It's it's interesting because I actually um I signed up for their meditation, their meditation teacher certification course, which is quite involved. Um, and I spent about six months studying this. I loved it. I felt like it was such a beautiful history and such a beautiful method. And I was very excited. And then what happened was after six months of passing all of the chapters and, and I even passing the final exam, I needed to turn in um, my hours of teaching. I had to teach three students and give them their primordial sounds and take them through this course. And I didn't do it. Um, life got really busy and I didn't feel like I found the right people in my personal life to one-on-one guide them through this journey. And it really, really stressed me out. And I thought, man, the clock is ticking. Like I have to finish this or else I'm not going to be able to become a certified Chopra Center meditation teacher. Well, you know, time went on and I chose not to. And I finally realized on one hand, I looked at that as a, as a huge stress. Cause I thought, man, I've spent all this time and money for nothing. And I'm not even going to have the certification at the end of it if I don't do this. But on the other hand, I realized I spent all of that time and money to invest in myself and my personal growth. And my God, it was worth every moment and every penny. It enriched me and helped me so much. I learned so much. And that is why I was meant to take that course. I don't know if I will officially ever release meditation courses or recorded meditations. I see it there. I, I see like, I feel like that might be something that I do. And I do see that that could fit beautifully into what I stand for surrounding health and fitness. But as it is today, I just want to raise awareness for the powerful tool that meditation is. I want to share my story and hopefully inspire you to get on your own journey and get onto this. Um, guys, it's so much easier than exercise. I mean, you think about this and you hear these things and these statistics, and it's like, my God, if you do nothing else for your health and well-being, please meditate. Please. There are many different kinds. I do not feel like it's a one-size-fits-all. Similar to 
fitness. Like, yes, I write workout programs. They are elite. They are based on exercise science. I am biased. They are the best. However, if you have zero interest in strength training, go swim, go bike, go run, do yoga, do Pilates, like whatever modality of fitness you are inclined to do or feel called to do or suits your current life and situation, do that. I want you to be active because movement is important. Same thing with meditation. There are so many beautiful ways to meditate. It's not a one size fits all, and it might shift and change throughout different phases of your life, but just do it in some form or another, because the benefits are too big and the possible perspective shift is so poignant and important. And it is right there available to you. And it is, it takes a lot less exertion than doing a workout. So if you are feeling overwhelmed with caring for yourself and your health, and you're not ready to start exercising regularly, or if you're at a place in your life where you're not exercising as much, I implore you to start meditating and put more of an emphasis on this. Um, all of that to say, and I do kind of want to share what primordial sound meditation is. I think there's probably, I'm speaking to it as if you might already know, but basically it's a method of, um, meditation that requires a specific mantra that you recite during, and it's personal to you and you never say it out loud. And it's something that, um, I mean, the history is, would take, deserves a full hour to really thoroughly explain even on a top level. But the reason that I specifically didn't feel like that was my path to teach. And I do feel like I have such a respect for that modality of meditating that I know that there are people who are called to be primordial sound meditation teachers and keepers and pass that down. But my purpose with meditation is more for the masses. I want to speak more generally. I want to create and breathe life into meditations that can help anyone and everyone that aren't specific to a single individual. Um, you know, where more people can meditate at once together, meditating in groups, like on my retreats, we do group meditation. So while it's not something that I'm going to be teaching or that I feel called to teach, I am grateful that I learned it. I have such a respect for it. And there are a few key pieces that I have adapted and adopted into my personal meditation practice since um, learning my own primordial sound and trying that out that I now use in almost every meditation. And those include the four soul questions, which Deepak begins every meditation by asking four soul questions. I'm not going to tell you what they are right now, but we are going to open our meditation we do together here shortly with those questions. Um, and then I close, I love to close my meditations with four intentions that I learned from the Chopra Center as well. And these are so beautiful and bold and empowering and emboldening. And so I'm I'm going, I want you guys to experience both of those things. So we will start and end our meditation we do together today with those things. Um, a couple other things about meditation before we get into it. I know, again, I said, I know how it feels to feel uncomfortable. I almost felt afraid to meditate because I felt like it was one more thing that I'd fail if I tried. And I promise you there is no wrong way to meditate. Not every meditation will become a powerful emotional experience. Not every meditation will you 
connect back to that stillness. But I do believe that every time you sit to meditate and you create that space for yourself, it will be what it needs to be. Even if that is just a practice in sitting in discomfort, it is a success. There is no, there is no failed meditation. I really, really, really believe that. And now I can say after years of meditating consistently and have I done it every single day of the last four years? No, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll go through phases where I let it slip. It's specifically difficult for me when I'm traveling, which is funny enough, the times when I really need it the most to stay grounded and stay sane. And it's a very quick reminder to myself. If I go a few days without it, I, I start to feel a big drastic difference. And that is a reminder enough on its own of how important it is for me to be doing. Um, I also will say that there are a couple cool, really cool things to kind of watch out for or be aware of in the beginning, when you start to meditate and you're just freeing your thoughts, I started to find that my thoughts would become quite random, right? It would be a memory from when I'm five years old to something that happened in high school to, did I load the dishwasher to what are we having for dinner tonight to the Spanish food we had last week to whatever it is. But my thoughts would bounce around and run through my head with no rhyme or reason, seemingly. Yet somehow the thoughts that I settled on towards the end of my session always seemed to be reminders of something I needed or answers to something I'd been contemplating. And it didn't happen every time, but God, it is so cool. Um, another thing that can happen is an ability to go back out into your day or begin your day if you're meditating in the morning from a place of peace, not necessarily excitement or happiness or joy, but steadiness and peace. Because meditating obviously is not going to fix or change what you're facing. If you are going through something in life right now that is heavy or hard or heartbreaking, meditating isn't going to take that away, but it will It will help you stay. It will help you feel. And therefore you will begin to understand that if you just allow the pain, the anger, the hurt, the sadness, the fear to flow through you instead of pretending like you're too strong to face those or you're weak if you do, you will remember that those things will rise up, but then they will leave and you will stay. And it allows you and empowers you to face those same issues that you faced before you sat down, but with a steadiness. And what a gift, like what a gift we can give ourselves. It's actually incredible. Um, I think another thing about meditation 
That was so crazy. I did not think I would get emotional <laughs> in this episode. Um, I think um, something about meditation that I want to raise as well is that lots of people are hesitant to meditate because um, of spirituality. Obviously, meditation is a deeply spiritual thing, but it doesn't have to be. Um, there was a time in my life where I viewed meditation poorly because the religion that I subscribed to, I felt like it was almost sacrilegious. I felt like there was no place in my life for meditating because it would be like going against praying. But really, it's a form of prayer. And I think prayer is a form of meditation. Um, I think if you are religious, meditation can have a place within whatever religion you subscribe to. And I think if you're not religious, please, please do not let that prevent you from meditating. Because even, I mean, go back and listen to, again, all of those things, all those very secular studies that have been conducted on the benefits of meditating. It does not have to be a religiously based spiritual practice. Um, I believe it is an inherently spiritual practice because it connects us back, back to what we are. I believe that we are all divine beings having a human experience. And I think, I mean, my journey with my spiritual health has been, I mean, far more drastic and pivotal than any body composition shift you might have seen of me online. It has been such a journey and swung from one side to the other and back again and settled somewhere in the middle. And overall, I finally understand that whether you practice a religion or not, or whatever religion you practice, spiritual health is so important because it is truly just the connection and understanding that you are the thinker of your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. You are the feeler of your feelings. You are not your feelings. You are more than just your physical body. You are a being, you are a soul, whatever you want to call it. And spiritual health is just about connecting back to your truest essence of what you are. And often that is found in, or I would say it's simultaneous or synonymous with reaching out to God, the universe, you know, your creator, whatever, again, whatever name you call it or whatever modality, not modality, whatever religion or whatever belief structure that you adhere to, there is more. There is more than just this life and there is more than just your mental and physical health. So all of that to say, let's conclude this session or this session, this episode um, with a little meditation. This is going to be short. It's going to be seven minutes because that is the golden marker of where I want you to start. And if you are wanting to begin your meditation practice, feel free to just use this as your guide. I'm going to again, begin with the four soul questions from um, the Chopra center. And then I'm going to let you meditate in silence. I might give you some prompts or guides. Feel free to tune me out, listen in whatever you want, whatever feels natural. And then I'm going to close out our little meditation with the four intentions. Um, again, from what I learned with my meditation training with the Chopra center. So, okay. I want you to begin by sitting, um, 
you don't have to sit any certain way. You don't have to sit cross-legged, but I would not lay down. We don't want to fall asleep. We just want to sit however is most comfortable. And taking a deep breath. Inhale through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. Inhale. And exhale. Let your breathing settle into whatever pattern feels most natural. You can continue that circular breathing if it helps you, but don't let it distract you. Don't focus too hard on it. If you feel any tension in your body, bring your awareness there. Breathe into that space and relax. Let your muscles relax. Closing your eyes, I want you to continue breathing and just being And I want to bring your attention to the sound of my voice as we ask ourselves these four soul questions. Now, as I ask these questions, I invite you not to answer. Simply by bringing awareness to these questions and repeating these in our minds. That is the purpose. Who am I? Repeating to yourself in your head, who am I? Allowing whatever feelings that elicits or whatever thoughts that brings forth to just flow. Who am I? What do I want? What do I want? You don't need to grasp for an answer. Just let that fill your mind. What do I want? What is my purpose? Repeat to yourself in your mind, what is my purpose? Genuinely asking without grasping for an answer. What is my purpose? And finally. What am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? What am I grateful for?
Remember that anything that comes into your awareness is not a distraction. It's a direction. Because it's pointing to this present moment. Allow it all and just be here. Breathe here. Feel free to shift your body if it feels uncomfortable. And just be here. Relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your throat, your jaw. You are here in this place, in this moment, with your mind in this body. And there is nowhere more important to be than right here. If you feel a pressure on your chest or a knot growing there, instead of pretending it's not, bring your awareness to it. I want you to inhale and I want you to breathe and dive straight into it. Exhale, going even deeper within yourself. Unafraid of that place, of that weight. And breathe through. As you continue your breathing, I invite you to close this meditation by setting these intentions for yourself throughout your day and throughout your life. Deep inhale. And as you exhale, I want you to repeat in your mind, 
joyful, energetic body. Joyful, energetic body. Placing your hands on your heart center. Inhale. Loving, compassionate heart. Loving, compassionate heart. Now gently pressing your fingers into the sides of your temples on your head. Inhale. Alert, reflective mind. Alert, reflective mind. And finally, letting your arms settle wherever is comfortable. Bring your awareness to the palms of your hands. Face them upward. Feel the gentle electricity there where your skin meets the air. And repeat to yourself this final and powerful intention. Lightness of being. Lightness of being. Slowly wiggle your fingers, wake up your body, opening your eyes as you feel comfortable or continue to meditate. But this is where I leave you today and I conclude this episode on meditation of Redefine Fitness Podcast. I am Kelsey Wells and I am so, so grateful for you.